Hello and welcome to I Can Relate. I'm Jessica Burns. This podcast puts you in the shoes of others as people take us on their journeys of personal and sometimes sensitive experiences. These are usually topics that are not spoken about and the hope here is that by bringing them to light, it helps others feel less alone in what they're going through. I look forward to embarking on this journey with you as we develop a greater understanding and empathy for one another. Today, I sit down with Amari and Marco to discuss open relationships and non-monogamous lifestyles. Marco is in an open marriage with his wife and he has a child, while Amari is in an open relationship with his partner. They help set the scene of what is essentially an open relationship for dummies podcast episode and share what it's actually like. They help others release the shame for having what they call the natural instincts and feelings of, well, why am I still attracted to other people if I've been in, if I'm in a relationship? We cover the topics of jealousy and fear, which are rooted in the common questions when they tell people they're in open relationships. These are, are you afraid of losing your partner to someone else? Or doesn't it make you feel like you're not enough? Marco and Amari challenge us to think about the norms that have been taught to us on monogamy and whether following those societal norms is because you've been taught those or because that's actually how you want to design and live your life. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are we doing? We're alive and well, as far as I know, but we are in Mexico. So the Wi-Fi has been a little spotty. So just keeping you up to date. This is Marco. Hi, Marco. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm alive again. <laughs> as, as Amari said, that's like the key phrase for us right now is like, we're living. We're yeah. This is, yeah, this is good. That's a good thing. The pulse yeah. check is still running. Veins still, still moving. Heart's still pumping. Um, still going. Here. Yeah. Right. So when I was researching um, this topic before we came on, I actually like full disclosure, like this is something that's really new to me. And I couldn't believe like what a world I feel like I've been so blind to. Um, so I kind of want to teach, mm-hmm. not so much teach, but I want this to be like a non-monogamy for dummies. Can we first begin by, before jumping in, yeah. be a little bit about yourself um, yeah. and, you know, a little bit about you and then perhaps your relationship status, and then we can switch it up and dive into that. Okay. I'm Marco Hansel. Um, there's not a new phrase for single and ready to mingle. It would be like open and down for some poking. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I have a, a, yeah, I mean, a, a really eclectic uh, set of things that I love doing everything from making music, from poetry, um, to coaching and facilitating. I'm a recovering multi-millionaire CEO in technology world. Um, and I've had a, a pretty wide range of experiences, particularly when it comes to uh, sort of non-traditional thinking as a, as a whole. Um, and the most recent thing, which we're gonna talk about today, is my relationship. Um, so I am in what me and my partner call a free relationship. And in that free relationship, um, my partner and I, we had a child as well. And we essentially construct the rules of our relationship. Uh, It's been this way since the very beginning. And we have the openness to be able to date other people. Um, You know, we have the ability to know that like the, uh, the, 
the agreement in the relationship is only that we are here for each other's joy, um, regardless of if that joy means that the other person wants to be with someone else. And uh, yeah, it's yes. And, and a lot of people, thing. yeah, we're going to unpack that because a lot of yeah. people are going to listen to this and, and not understand because we've had years of conditioning of love stories. Oh, yeah. What it's supposed to look like. Yes, um, <laughs> Mari's shaking his head. All right, <laughs> nodding, <laughs> nodding, in agreement, not shaking. <laughs> so, Mari, tell us a little bit about you. Oh, man. Um, I'll piggyback off of something that Marco said, because I think that it's something we share. And that is, I have always been fascinated with alternative ways of thinking. I think that for me, as a child, I was just like always so curious. This is gonna sound corny, but I was always like, why? Why do we have to do it that way? Yeah. Why does it have to look this way? Why can't I do this? And to me, nobody ever gave very good answers except because everybody else does it. <laughs> and to me, I was like, as a child, I'm like this, the, the logic of this just doesn't seem very cohesive, you know? Um, and so, you know, I've taken that curiosity and I've, you know, expanded it into my relationships. I've expanded it into my careers. You know, another thing that me and Marco have in common is that we're both coaches, right? So we both facilitate workshops. We both do public speaking. We both help uh, people move through life transitions. And I think that that's not a coincidence that we share both the coaching and a penchant for alternative ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. Because I think that when somebody wants to change their life, what they first need to do is challenge the way that they've been thinking. Mm -hmm. Because the thinking is gonna be at the root of the habits, that the habits are gonna be at the root of the lifestyle, lifestyle is gonna be a result. Like it just keeps going on and on. So in order to have, be, do something different, one must start thinking differently <sighs> and, and challenge themselves in oh. new ways. So. That was a great intro. I was trying to, I was kicking <laughs> it with you because yours was fire. I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> can we do mine again? <laughs> no, you were both good. You're both good. So what, whoever wants to take this away, what is non-monogamy? Well, I mean, I guess I'll summarize it in the very simplest forms, like the ability to have more than one partner. That's, that's it. Yeah, okay. so like in, in monogamy, the concept is, is that it's you and one other person, and that's it. There's no like outside play, nothing like that. And that would be like the strictest form of non-monogamy because there's people that, you know, probably still consider themselves monogamous that also play, right? Like might be like, oh, and then we swing from time to time, things like that. Mm. But the main structure of their relationship is, well, when it comes to who I love, who I am connecting with, creating deep relationship with, like all of that, it's this one person, it's you and me. Okay. I would, um, I love that you had to start with definitions because I think yeah. the way that we use language is so imperative. Um, I'm going to skip forward like eight chapters real quick and just <laughs> throw a thought in. Yeah. So 101. <laughs> 101. Um, I think it's very... I personally don't use the term like non-monogamy, polyamory that often, mm -hmm. but I do use open relationships as a term. And I think for me, it helps me to mentally reference how I relate to this, this whole culture, which is the idea that, like Marco said, mm. it's just that we're open to different yeah. conversations. Uh, yeah, I love that. Right? Yeah. It's like, 
it's not, oh, I'm open to just having sex with everybody. I'm open to the conversation that you might be attracted to this person. I'm open to the reality in which we might go to a sex party. I'm open to, and I think, as I mentioned in my intro, my mind has always been open as a child. So mm -hmm. I feel like to put myself in any kind of situation where I am like forced to close off what possibilities could be feels so out of integrity with me as a human being. I, I love that you brought that up and I, I, I want to add something on that. What Amari is speaking into um, clarifies a bit about the definition I said. Right now, me and Anna, for all intents and purposes, we've been what looks like a monogamous couple for a while, right? Like we haven't, I haven't been dating anybody else. She hasn't been dating anybody else for a few months or whatever. Um, but what Amari just said is like the, the layer is that there's the openness, there's the willingness to be open to that. So you might meet a polyamorous couple and be like, looks like you guys are just monogamous or an open couple. Let's guys are just, just with each other. And we're like, no, I mean, we are with each other in this moment that you're experiencing us <laughs> and we are open to the possibility of being with other people as well. Yeah. So what did that conversation with your partner look like? Did, were you um, in, in a free, what do you call it? A free relationship? Yeah, relationship. Yeah. relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Was that from the very beginning? I think I heard you say, um, so did you, did you come up with that together or was this something that was a part of you before you met? is actually uh, from the very beginning. And ironically, you actually got such a beautiful group of people on this casting because Amari is, <laughs> is partially responsible. Oh my God, <laughs> all right, okay. I was waiting for that to come up. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Cause we like, um, he, so he was in a uh, relationship um, with another person, uh, Vero, and at the time, I had been going through this transition in my life where like I was starting to question everything about my identity in a beautiful way. I was like, you know, I was considering leaving my company at the time. And I was just like, man, like there's so much newness out here. Once I start getting rid of these like fixed identity stories and um, a girl that I'd been dating at that time um, told me, she was like, Marco, like you're polyamorous. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, like you just really love everybody. And like you, you're supposed to be like out there in that way. And as she started describing it, right, the first thing, honestly, in my mind, um, stereotypes came up of like old white hippie people. I'm like, that's not me. Like that doesn't sound like my group, right? I'm like, that's, that's like, oh, most people do that. And then um, Amari and Vero were there. And I was like, this is young cool couple not white they're doing yeah no, they look more like me like and they're doing this thing like let me talk to them so I had my first the first conversation I had um with his ex-partner uh Vero and I uh, was talking to her about the concept and you know what she thought about it and everything and it just made so much sense to me <laughs> I was like of course, this, yeah. this sounds like what I've always been doing or wanting to do. And I just yeah. never really knew the words of, of how to express it and how to explain it. And admittedly, there was, a, uh, there was a part of me that was like, it was tied to the heart of it, right? And then another part of me that saw like, almost like the logic of it, that was just like, <laughs> this makes logical sense. And if you're yeah. open for this, it was like, I started thinking about the way that we do relationship normally. I was like, well, so, you know, normally I date somebody and I'm like, 
oh man, I'm starting to get to know her. This, this feels like this is going really good. Like, you know, maybe a half a year goes by, a year goes by, I'm like, she's really the one. And then like, we break up, right? And then after we break up, I'm like, well, you know, she wasn't the one, but I learned a lot from her. Like, it's really going to help me with the next person. And then I date another person and I go another year, two years. I'm like, now this one is the one and we break up, right? Yeah. Then the cycle continues. I find another girl and I'm like, man, but now I've learned so much. I grab another person and we date for two years, three years, maybe we get married. And 70% of the time, what happens? We get divorced. Yeah. <laughs> and now, Is now it 70% like, now? It's, yeah, it's like 70%. It's insane. Like, so like <laughs> oh my God. now you don't quote me on that. I'm just saying numbers. But now imagine this, right? So this is, this is like this linear timeline of like maybe eight, nine years of learning and growth. And I literally, in that moment, imagined, I was like, wait, so polyamory would be like, just stacking it. Now I'm having all those experiences, that growth and those learnings, but instead of me waiting, like, cool, this is the Jennifer phase, and this is the Amber phase, and this is the Lauren phase. I'm like, this is just the me exploring relationship phase. Mm. And I'm learning so much about myself from different kinds of relationships and what would happen a lot of times I realized this and this happened in my relationship a lot when I'm with one person right we can become an echo chamber so quickly mm. so in that echo chamber it's like we think that our problems only exist with us the problem I have with her is because it's her fault <laughs> when I start seeing that wait I'm dating three different people Everybody's and they're saying the all thing. saying the same <laughs> shit about me I start learning things way faster I can get different perspectives and I can find out more about what I truly desire from seeing how I interact with different kinds of people. It's, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, so that's, that's my story. <laughs> right. So one thing I want to like um, hone in on, you said the word um, polyamorous and just for the listeners, because yeah. what is that? Yeah. Okay, so... Let's break down the word. Poly means multiple. Mm -hmm. Amor means love. So it means one who is capable of multiple loves, having mm -hmm. multiple loves in one's life, right? That yeah. was so beautiful. I, you, yeah. damn. Okay, you practice that before. Yeah, I think that, I don't know, like, I don't think I would be me or we would be us if we didn't have this podcast without saying anything spicy. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and say <laughs> There is a part of me, feel free to prove me wrong, that I'm like, I feel like everybody is polyamorous. Oh, bro, yes. But yes. let me not stir the pot yeah. too much. No, no I, I think, and by that, do you mean that everyone has these thoughts and feelings, but they put the rules on themselves because that's what we're taught to do? Yes. Somebody, yeah. somebody will, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> somebody will confuse their nurture for their nature, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, this is the way I was taught since I was born. Yeah. And this is, must be there for who I am. And yeah. I think that is not necessarily the case. Um, and I think that you know, I personally don't have an agenda to make every single person in the world polyamorous. I don't like, I don't, not, it's not a pillar I want to die on. I am committed to the idea that everybody is willing to look at themselves and ask questions and see if maybe they have chosen 
lifestyles, realities, and habits that aren't actually theirs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Something that Amari brings up um, is also a, a huge distinction for me because I think um, in relationship, me and my partner deal with this a lot. The, the concept of me loving somebody else, right, doesn't mean that I also treat that person the exact same way, do all the same things with um, like, like every single thing that I imagine relationship has to be exactly the same. So I think there's, there's something that people conceptually use to try to separate themselves from like the monogamous versus poly versus open world is like, yeah, you know, but like I married this person. I am committed to this person. I'm making a child with this person. Does that mean that like your body, your emotionality is incapable of loving somebody else? Like, does it like, and, that, and that's the part where I start getting into the practicality of like, do you have one friend? No, mm-hmm. right? Did you like, okay, cool. I got my friend quotas done. Like <laughs> yeah. I can't have any more friends. It's impossible for me to have any friends. Do yeah. you have one hobby? Yeah. No. Like, do you have one favorite TV show? No. It's like, so why is it that there's this world where there's this one thing that for some reason, the only way that it's true is if you only love that person, you love your whole fucking family. But when it comes down to romantic love, it's like, you better only love that one. And then even this, because this is something that came up for me a lot, I would punish myself. This is why I started realizing how natural it was for me to feel this. I would punish myself when I would feel attraction to other people. I'd be like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not fitting into the qualifiers of what true love is supposed to be? Because when I have true love, I'm not supposed to even see other people as interesting. And think about that. It's like, wait, so the perspective of other people is that the other people are just being them, being the awesome people that they already are. I just got into a relationship with somebody. Those people are still awesome. They don't suddenly not become awesome because I'm in a relationship with someone else. It just means that I may choose not to also create a baby with them or choose not to marry them, but it doesn't mean that I don't see those same attractive qualities or even identify attractive qualities that I see within my partner in other people. That is like, oh gosh, such a thing. (laughs) I think that's a really important thing for people to hear though, because a lot, like, I think you're being very brave and talking about this um, Mm. because a lot of people do feel that shame and they're like, they find someone attractive and you try and train yourself. No, don't look at that person. Don't find them attractive. What's wrong with me? Like you're saying, Um, but it is Mm -hmm. natural and it is instinctive and to not judge yourself and release yourself from that guilt of knowing that actually you're fighting against a really natural instinct. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You are fighting against 10,000 years of biological evolution. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah. That's going to happen. No, Good one luck. thing, and maybe you guys know about this a little bit more. I was watching, um, do you know Explained on Netflix? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have this episode on monogamy um, and how it began. Yeah. Oh. And, it, and it was yes. so yeah. interesting because it said it all derives. Yeah. yeah, apparently it all derives from land ownership. 
And because, but you know, for, for, for thousands and thousands of years, you know, we were all just sleeping with each other in tribes, whatever. Um, but Everybody, then we, you didn't know yeah. whose kid was whose. Yes, exactly. Which is why it was like, it takes a village to raise a child. Um, and yeah. nobody cared. Yeah, it wasn't like, well, that's your kid. But then when it became <laughs> land, everyone started living on yeah. their own. And it was uh, something to do with like, when you married someone, it was actually like, getting ownership of land and things like yep. this. Am I explaining yep. this properly? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, was, it was a transaction. Yeah. So yeah. one more thing I wanted to add to that, by the way, Please. Uh, because then I listened to, so I've been doing my homework. So then I listened to this <laughs> TED talk of this woman who then took it from that and then added this another thing that blew my mind. And she was like, so then it goes from, uh, so it goes from non-monogamy of how we were for generations and thousands and thousands of years to monogamy to own land and ownership. Mm -hmm. um, and then people weren't, so at that point, people weren't marrying for love. They were mm -hmm. marrying yeah. to own things. Yeah. But now we're in a society where people do choose to marry mm -hmm. for love. Whereas mm -hmm. before you were married and to yeah. get love, property, you yeah. would have to have an affair. You would yeah. have an affair to 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 get to with someone that you love <laughs> or who you're attracted to, right? Oh gosh, yeah. Now we choose love, and now there's the pressure on that to find the one. One, right? And mm -hmm. then it's turned into this fairy tale of an idea of the one. Something that comes up, which is related to what you just said and what Amari was talking about about um, choosing from your view of what you want. Um, something that's happened for me is me and my partner. So we have our platform, we have a platform called free relationship, right? And ironically, the majority of the people that we support in the free relationship are in monogamous relationships. <laughs> but the, the funny thing is that the reason why the stuff that we end up supporting them with is so valuable is nothing that we talk about is related to like, here's why you should love multiple people. It's more about like, here's why you should be free to paint the kind of relationship that you truly want, not confined by what you think the limitations are, what your parents said you're supposed to do, or what you believe society says you're supposed to do. So I think that the, the thing that comes up for me a lot is, you know, if somebody decides powerfully that they want to marry and be with this one person for the rest of their lives, and they're like, this is what feels true to my heart and like go do that right yeah. that just may not happen to be mine but right. if if you are sitting in a position where you're saying this is what i'm doing because i have no other choice and this is the way it's supposed to be done and you know this my is family's how I not gonna prove that yes I love that i live them mm. by marrying them i'm like that's that's the part where i'm like well that doesn't sound like that's authentic to what you truly desire right mm -hmm. so if you if you broke down a lot of how, you know, even me and my partner uh, got to the kind of relationship we've created, it was never driven from like, we're going to date multiple people and we need to have a quota of six dates of different people per month. It's just like, we're just going to be free to do and decide the rules as we go. And if, if those rules include like, hey, I really like this other girl or hey, I like this guy, like, yeah, we should, I should date them, right? And at any moment, we're checking in with each other. And essentially, this is, I would say this one key thing here. I've told her she was in a, a past relationship, was in marriage, and um, it was a 12-year marriage. And ironically, the thing that I've, I've mentioned to her is I'm like, I feel more committed in the relationship with you than I have felt in any other monogamous relationship 
because every single day we are waking up choosing to choose each other, not based on some construct that's holding over us of like, oh, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. So until we break that, here are the rules and boundaries of it. I'm like, I can wake up and be like, hey, that Jessica, she's pretty cute, right? <laughs> All right? I'm like, oh, hey, Jessica. Like, and because, because I have that freedom, what that means and what that, what, what that gives me and what that provides her is like, we're truly accepting 100% of us. So like whatever comes out, whatever I'm desiring is like, hey, I'm there with you until the thing that you desires conflicts with what I desire, mm -hmm. right? And as long yeah. as we're checking in with that, then there might be a point where it's like, hey, Marco, you know, you dating seven different girls like doesn't feel good to me. And then we'll have that conversation. But there's there's not a preset, you know, End here's point. what you can't do. Yeah. 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 Question for you then, because I know a lot of people will be listening and thinking, you know, I could never do that because yeah. I wouldn't feel like that, that person, like I, it would make me feel like I wasn't enough. Mm. How do you address that kind of feeling that comes up for someone? Mm -hmm. Jessica, how real do you want to get on this podcast? Real, baby. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Okay. I have been dating someone for about six, six months. Yeah. And at the beginning, when I started dating this person, I was also dating two other people, right? So it was very much like, okay, like very casual, like sexually explorative, adventurous, fun, et cetera, et cetera, right? <laughs> wait, 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 I'm sorry. Just to note what you just described is like what every monogamous person does, but just doesn't say yeah. Like, yeah i'm like y'all are dating multiple people until you choose until the you say that yeah. yeah that's a good point actually when someone yeah. says do you want to be official yeah. Hey, what the yeah. does that even mean all right let me not go ahead so we're <laughs> all in polyamorous relationships until we're official until we wanted to. yeah exactly. exactly so ridiculous okay so i've been dating this person for about six months right and at first there was other people involved because that's just the timing of how things happen right i was already with other people yada 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 and then those two other people kind of fell off and it was just me and her for a minute, right? So we really dove deep into what we were relating around and we started connecting more and it became more intentional of an experience, right? But meanwhile, she's like, I know Amari is polyamorous. I know he's in a relationship. So like, I know that that is a conversation that is still open. And I know that if he goes out, like there is a likelihood that he can say, hey, I met somebody, right? About to get real. <laughs> Ooh, I already know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly where I'm going. Um, and so there's been this premise of okay, she's in a relationship with a guy who is in an open in, in uh, open mindset, right? Conceptual. And then last week, that all changed, or I should say, that went from conceptual to mm -hmm. tangible, mm -hmm. because I started hanging out with somebody else. Me and this person engaged sexually, and my partner, we ended up talking about it. And like these kind of conversations came up. I was like, okay, well, tell me, how are you feeling? And she's like, yeah, part of it is like, I do feel threatened mm. in a way. Amazing. What else do you feel? Um, I am feeling like I hold resentment towards this person. Cool. Great. Let's talk about it. And literally like the premise wasn't like, oh my God, I've done something wrong. So we have to shut off this conversation or I have to hide it. It was like, oh, wow. We have an experience. We have a shared experience. Can we talk about how we're going to relate around it? Right. And because we're able to talk about now me and her having amazing conversations around it, just because she feels an emotion doesn't mean all of a sudden all possibilities yeah. are cut off. Yeah. Literally yesterday, 
her and the girl that I ended up sleeping with went on a walk to the park and talked about it and had open conversations around it. Mm-hmm. And today they just went, yeah. they just got yeah. coffee together. <laughs> and it was amazing. It's like the best of friends. Yeah, it was the best of friends. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to get real fun for you, Amari. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your voice down. <laughs> Keep your voice <laughs> I do what I can. Um, and what's interesting That's is like, <laughs> thanks to me. Um, and what's interesting is like, somebody will have, like, they'll do exactly what you just said. They'll, mm. they'll hear what we're talking about. They're like, I would feel jealous. Yeah. I would feel resentment. I would feel less than. I, cool, great. Mm. The, so let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. what there we're we're allowed to talk through the emotion yeah you know yes. and we're allowed to understand where you're coming from mm-hmm. is that a boundary for you or is that a reaction or is that programming mm-hmm. from society mm-hmm. and guess what i can tell you with certainty the people that i love in this like intimate romantic way they know that i love them right i make it clear how i feel about somebody right mm-hmm. so like if I'm going to go sleep with somebody last week, I'm going to tell you, hey, this is how I felt about that person. This is how that happened. And like, as a reminder, I know this could maybe stoke in some jealousy in you. And I want you to know how fucking important you are to me. Yeah. And how that moment doesn't actually affect anything between us. And if it did, then we would talk about it. But open relationships, at least the way that I do them, promote communication. Mm-hmm. which is not proprietary to open relationships. No. <laughs> but so, there is so much expectation around monogamy. There's so many rules and regulations mm-hmm. that already come with it that they almost give you permission not to have hard conversations. Because yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm assuming and I'm expecting you don't find anybody else attractive. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming yeah, that makes, agreement. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah. we're married. So all you of your biological processes, they're turned they're off, right? Like, you don't find yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. Ooh, yeah. So, one thing this has just reminded me of is I, when I was listening to another episode on non-monogamy, um, they were talking about, because you just said jealousy is like, it's about emotions that come up. And just mm-hmm. because that emotion is coming up, it doesn't mean like, for example, they were saying with you, when you have friends and if you're jealous of your friends, that's something you need to work on. Like you can't be a jealous person at the office or with your friends, but mm-hmm. in a relationship, for some reason, someone's jealousy, it seems to be the partner's obligation to conform to that jealousy. Oh, my, my partner's very jealous, so I can't do that. Ah, as if that's like an emotion yeah. that's so justified that it's like- We just, we, we can't heal through that. We can't grow yeah. through that. Yeah, so what you're saying is, yes, you can be jealous, but let's work on that. Why yeah. are you jealous? And work through that rather than being like, okay, I need to adjust my actions because you have this feeling of jealousy, which limits me. Right, right. And I, yeah, I'll give you a, an analogy that I love. Um, it's actually this comic, um, Liz and Molly on Instagram that drew a perfect picture of this. They were talking about healthy conflict resolution, right? And on one picture, it showed unhealthy and it was me facing another person and this problem in the middle. Right, we'll call that problem jealousy. Like I'm jealous of this, I'm just, and we're right here. And the other one, when they said healthy conflict, was me and the other person facing the problem that's over there. Hey, there's that jealousy thing over there. Let's look at that. Like, mm-hmm. so what can we do about that? And that that's the way that like me and my partner deal with problem. Um, and I, I mean, I'll tell you, this is really interesting because 
I bring the same energy into the way I handle business. Like it's not, it's, so I think similar to what Amari was saying, like this is not exclusive to like open relationships. It's like, hey, if you wanna, if you wanna be a healthy problem solver, you're the kind of person that can sit and objectively say, hey, so this jealousy issue that we as a team are dealing with, let's talk about that. Mm. Let's talk about where that's coming from. Let's talk about how I can support you with it. Let's talk about what you need. Like all of those things that becomes an open conversation. And I think that similar to what he said about so many of those conversations end up not happening because you, you're creating what I've called a, a false sense of security in monogamous relationships. There's a set of rules and assumptions about things that you're not thinking about, things that shouldn't be a problem, and things that you're not allowed to have conversations about because you would be being a bad monogamous person if you had a conversation about, hey, so Susie, I um, was really seeing uh, your uh, friend Jennifer and I was thinking like, she's really hot. And I was imagining that I wanna have sex with her. That's a conversation that like probably I'd say good, like 90%, I'm just going to go throw out there, 90% of monogamous men are probably like terrified yeah. to like, I'm not going to mention that shit to my girl and tell her I think her friend is hot, right. like, but, <laughs> yeah. but it's something they'll just think and they'll just keep inside of them. And, and this is this is something I, I love giving this analogy. It's like what happens in conflict is like there's a little seed that gets planted. This is two people that are together for readers that can't uh, or listeners that can't uh, see me my two hands planted together, going in a straight line. And then when the moment that there's something that comes up, whether it's a seed of jealousy, a seed of desire, a seed of something that's going seemingly off the beating path from whatever it is we've agreed to, there's a one degree separation, right? Mm -hmm. And over time, as that separation continues, that one degree that's off track grows and grows and grows and grows and grows until all of a sudden you're 50 degrees off from each other and it blows up. And that explosion can be an affair. That explosion can be, I just can't take it anymore. That explosion is like, I've been holding this in for so long. And it's like, if you address those things and communicate it often, then you'd be making little one degree corrections. Mm -hmm. And it would never need to be this big built up thing. But when I don't feel safe to share my emotionality, to share my feelings, because it goes against the rules of the relationship, I hold it in until I can't take it anymore. Or I find a different outlet that's a negative or toxic outlet to actually expend it. Wow. I'm gonna <laughs> let that sink in for a minute. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're having you, you guys on. This is yeah. honestly, I feel like my my whole concept is just expanding so much. Um, so <laughs> Our goal is to recruit you. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk about um, the idea that you said in the very beginning, I think you said this in the very beginning, that relationships, non-monogamy relationships are all different. This idea that everyone should design their own idea, like ideal relationship. What do rules look like? Or, or do you have any rules? Like, I guess we'll start with you, Marco, with you, do you and your partner have rules that you guys follow? Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, our rules are very like foundational and value driven. Um, so they're less like, here are the five things you can't do. And more of like, here's the spirit and intention that we desire to follow with whatever decisions we're making, right? So like we have a whole like 
mantra that we say together, like, you know, our, our intention is to create a spiritual relationship, life and thriving world filled with unconditional love and embodies everyone's inner joy while being grounded in integrity, authenticity and existing in harmonious flow, right? Mm-hmm. And from, from that, there's a whole set of core values of like our honesty, our love, our communication, our intentionality, like all of that, that roots the decisions we're making. So instead of me necessarily having a, here are the 10 things that Anna needs me to do, it's more, here are the things I get to think about as I'm making a decision and saying, does this fall in line with the values that we've agreed to? And we've had lots of discussions about what honesty means to her, what honesty means to me, what communication and open communication means to her, what it means to me. So we've gone through those values enough where we have a good understanding of what our expectations are of each other on how we uphold those values. So when I make any decision, I put that lens on and I say, does this feel like something that would be in line with the way that we've set our values up? Yep. Okay, cool. Great. Good to go. Right. <laughs> Moving forward. And, and when in doubt, when in doubt, what do I do? I go talk to Anna. <laughs> like, so it's like literally becomes a real time thing. It's like, hey, Anna, like I'm feeling this kind of way about this particular situation or about this person. And, you know, here's what I'm desiring. Like, how do you feel? So it, it becomes this continual theme where we're checking in and revising what we feel and what feels safe for us continually. So then now even the idea of the the rules, the rules become this flexible container that's shaped in every situation. Mm -hmm. So like maybe Anna might say something like, hey, like, I'd like it for you not to have sex with this person right in front of me, right? (laughs) It might be that, but like, that may not be, that doesn't become like a, a universal rule as much as just like, in this particular moment with this situation, like, this is what I'm feeling right and we can address that and we can shape through those feelings and you know that might be something specific to this person to the situation but because I'm including her in my experience and she's including me in her experience we have that ability to be this like almost like one mind right Mm, yeah yeah one thing I find interesting and maybe I've totally misidentified this but you Marco you sound like with your partner um she is your primary partner is that correct am I using that term correct um and yeah. for listeners out there primary is like actually you you explain it Marco. I love how much vernacular definitions so-, <laughs> so can you explain either one of you that what I just asked yeah um I think as with everything else in open relationships, mm-hmm. it is determined by the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, when I have a primary partner, it's someone that I am moving forward with the expectation that this is probably who I'm going to have kids with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if somebody wants to have kids with multiple people, great, fantastic. Sounds expensive. Um, <laughs> for me, not because of like societal programming, but more so just out of efficiency. I only want to have kids with one person, right? So therefore, like anything that relates around that subject would be directed towards this person, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to move in with somebody that would be with this person, mm-hmm. right? Again, I believe, want, and trust that that it looks different for everybody in open relationship. Yep. Um, I think, I think the point of this, like. I love how we use definitions and words, mm-hmm. but I think the entire point of all of this is redefining 
everything it all. to yeah. what it means for you, yeah. right? Um, and one thing I just want to add onto what Marco just said, and I feel like I've said this multiple times because I've done multiple things with Marco by now. <laughs> I think we Woof. stand. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that in a second. Okay, so I think that me and Marco, Anna, and all the kind of people in our immediate sphere stand in a privileged position because we've taken the time and gone through the effort and done the programs that give mm. us a lot of self-awareness yeah. to communicate these kind of things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to make us better than anybody else, but I can, I know what it's like to like have a feeling come up and I don't yet have the words or the tools to navigate it, understand it or do something with it. So I think that when Marco says like, Oh, you're having jealousy come up. Let's talk this about stuff, that. Yeah. Where is that coming from? How do you feel about that? Where do you, why do you think that? What insecurity is that? Like, not everybody has the capacity to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has the training to answer those questions. So I want to put that out there that if this is sounding very easy, thank you. That's yeah, not the case. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> and yeah. it's worth it, mm-hmm. right? Like it's very much worth it. The, when I was talking to you about my situation with my partner and the girls with last week two, three hours ago, I went on a walk with that other person. Like, and we just had to talk. I was like, Hey, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And we both came to the um, conclusion. Like our priority is my partner's feelings right now. We mm-hmm. both want them to develop their own uh, relationship and friendship outside of like, this is just the girl that I'm already slept with. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that takes a unfortunately uncommon amount of self-awareness mm-hmm. and i think that everything we're talking about right now takes self-awareness from the beginning i think it takes self-awareness to say like huh i think i actually am capable of being attracted to multiple people yeah and i also yeah. have the awareness to not make that bad about myself i have the awareness to not shame myself for that i have the eloquence and the confidence and the self-awareness to communicate that to my partner i have the trust to take, talk about that with my partner like we're asking quite a bit here <laughs> you know yeah. um encourage to courage. start out in something different a hundred percent yeah um so um again that's why i don't think this is a conversation of like how can we convert the world to polyamory i think to the next episode i think it's just like for the- <laughs> tune in next week <laughs> uh, i think it's like it's more so to the to the younger amaris the people who are always like, why am I always feeling like this? Why is there no, like speaking to those people, the people who want to design their lives by themselves, who, mm-hmm. who are aware that there are some kind of societal structures and institutions in place that don't actually um, mesh with and create the results that they want in their life. Like here is just something alternative that you can try. Mm. Mm. Yes. And I just wanted to say, like, I honestly think it's very brave of you guys to one, live your life this way, like authentically. And I think it's amazing. But to two is to talk about it. Um, because I feel like there's so much shame about it. And it like to even have these feelings, but to speak about it, what you're doing is you're releasing other people's shame because they're like, oh my God, I'm not alone in this. And the whole point of this podcast is I can relate. Which I love. Yeah, Mm. like that's, that was a great thing. I mean, our our bit of research on what (laughs) you have is I'm like, yes, I align 100% with that. And that's such a, a core principle to me about like sharing to support other people and feeling they have permission. 
Yes. Right? Yeah, you have permission to think differently, to be differently, like, and you're not alone in those thoughts. Um, mm, I hear you when you, you acknowledge us for being brave on this. And for me, I'm like, it doesn't seem that crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, this just logically, emotionally makes sense, right? And again, I have the privilege of having done it for a couple of years now. I think that when we see other people do things or say things or think things, like Marco said, it gives us permission to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think on a societal level, massively valuable. It promotes so much individual authenticity. But even honestly, like somebody who's listening to me right now, who's in a monogamous relationship and finally has the courage to tell their partner like, hey, I love you and I'm attracted to you know, mm -hmm. your best friend you might be surprised your partner might be like oh my god thank you said it because i think Bro. your cousin is so hot crazy thing so my ex shouts out to her um she came into town and she actually told me this she was like marco she's like i was trying to get you to try this polyamory thing way back when and i was i was so fixed on like no we have to be monogamous like like she knew she knew that about me before i even knew it right but like uh, the rules were so set in stone from my mind of what identity i'm supposed to be and i'm like no these are the rules we have to follow we have yes. to do this what and i'm like i know i like her too and i like your friend and i like this person too but, but no no that's bad like mm -hmm. Crazy. That, isn't it isn't it profound to be so well understood by someone else honestly yeah. i yeah. literally will like breathe differently and my boyfriend's like what's going on in that head i'm like yes, yes, god yes. i don't know yet i'm still processing it <laughs> i think one one thing that kind of opened my mind up a little bit when i was younger um and this is like the power of entertainment um i was reading a lot about like afghanistan and i found it really interesting that the men there had multiple wives yeah. and it was the first time i i thought about oh this is something that we've all kind of made up doing like there's everyone's doing it the way they want to do it <laughs> you know like i was like not everyone in the world does this not everyone what does. yes yeah, yeah. some yeah. people are like what you only have one <laughs> damn <laughs> i'm just gonna have sex with one person with one <laughs> but i remember thinking that's so unfair why can't i have multiple husbands if he can have yeah, multiple wives yeah. this is I've like heard. literally at 15 year old me thinking this i'm wow. like damn is there a country where women can all all these husbands <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I, think, I mean not to take this down a rabbit hole but i think that there is like gender conversations to have as well like uh you know so many guys who i've told about my lifestyle oh yeah. bro that's so killing it killing yeah it, bro and then they'll be like, but she doesn't get to sleep with anybody else, right? And I'm I like, know. Uh, I know. What? Like, wait. No. No, no. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, let's unpack that actually. So, from yeah, like your partner's yeah, standpoint, does she feel as proud as, and comfortable as you do, both of you? Yeah. You wanna... Well, for, for me, um, without, well, I can, my, my partner is, is so amazingly open that I think she would already tell me that I have permission to sort of share a bit of her perspective, but sure. I'll put it into a, a more paraphrased way. Um, she has been a mom. <laughs> so we have a child that we, we birthed. Um, and she also was in a marriage for 12 years. Um, so her like program of like dating and being out there and everything 
is not only like physically not the same in terms of just her time and capacity, but mentally her own training has not put her into a place where she dates nearly as, as much as I do, right? So like I am in the relationship, the person that's more out there, um, but she has the openness to be in that space and she's gone on a few dates, but hasn't gone to the level of depth that I have. Um, she likes Amari. Um, <laughs> oh, you heard it here first. <laughs> to which brings up jealousy. But yeah, but I think I think the the thing that comes up for me is like I remember even going through the process of feeling nervous about her being with other people and how that like threatened me. And I think this is like beautiful to what you asked earlier. Like we don't, we don't get into free relationships, open relationships, whatever. And just like, suddenly we have like no ego and like, we're told yeah. like, yeah, everything's cool. Like, yeah, go bang Joe, like whatever. Yeah. Right. We're like, no, nah, we feel, we feel the feelings because not only our, our natural programming, but also just what, you know, what we think about ourselves, right? Like if we, if we don't, value ourselves enough that we can feel like oh well maybe that's the person you're going to leave me for and like I start mm -hmm. feeling that threatening right and 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 through the process of growing in my monogamy I'm sorry growing in, in this in this non-monogamy I've actually become excited about her meeting other people like I'm like oh my gosh like that guy like he's fucking awesome it'll be really awesome for you to connect because I've realized that there is such an expansion of love that happens, right? That there's there's a certain expansive love that doesn't begin and end at what I can provide and what we can create together with just me and her. And I feel that when I'm with other people, so when I when I start tapping into this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm with somebody else, and I feel even more love for my partner. <gasps> I've cracked the code. <laughs> this is amazing. So love just continues to grow. It's not like a cup that's full of water and I just distributed 50% of it to you and 50% of you. And I'm like, okay, I gotta take that back. Like I need to give some to her. Like it just keeps expanding. So like that, that expansiveness, I desire for her to feel that. I want her to bring that to the relationship. And I know that it will also bring jealousy for me, right? But I'm willing to walk through that journey because the intention of the kind of world that I wanna create is one where I'm not, not only not restricting her joy based on my limitations, but where I'm not limiting myself in expanding my understanding and love of self by being able to walk through that path of jealousy and like my own feelings of inferiority. So it's just, yeah. So the, so the people, the people that are like, yeah, you know, oh no, no, but she can't do it. That's just another version of like, well, now you're just like, a monogamous guy who's like just being greedy, trying like to yeah, like you just trying, <laughs> you're, <greedy. like> you're, <laughs> you're not actually trying to face your shit, like that, and that's and that's why it's a different world when people step into the mold of like, oh no, it's it's open both ways. Yeah, are you doing this because you're trying to get laid? Yeah, or are you doing this because you truly and honestly believe in your highest joy and your partner's and your joy? partners and your Ooh. partners. That brings up a question for you, Amari. Is this for you guys? Is it strictly about sex or is it about relationships? Not even close. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not mm -hmm. even close. I would predict you say that we're two relatively good looking guys, right? 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love how you both look at me. Yes, they are, everybody. Like sex is great. We've had plenty of sex. Yeah. Like the the novelty of that is worn off. <laughs> well, I'll speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marco is having better sex than I. Um, <laughs> but like the novelty of like new connection yeah. and the novelty of like understanding somebody completely new that I know and understanding something new about myself like like that will forever hit way much more dopamine than the sex yeah. new yeah. relationship energy right right exactly yeah. so sex is something that you do with that energy sex is not the energy yeah. you know yeah um yeah yeah. And a lot of people would find that even harder to swallow though. Cause some people might think, look, I'm fine. If my partner wants to That's just go it. and bang someone sex, sex, mm-hmm. if they start getting feelings for them. I'm going to oh, no. feel like threatened by that. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my feelings. Like, because those, like Marco was I saying, there is a limit in the cup. There's yeah. only so much love to go around. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I, I don't know where y'all got like <laughs> your limits of love from. My shit keeps expanding. But mine is <laughs> a massive reservoir, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't stop. Um, a thought I want to share, it might seem tangential, but I want to get it off my chest. It's almost like in monogamy, it's like, for better or worse, I mm-hmm. love you so much forever under one condition. Don't be attracted <laughs> to anybody else. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and if you do, then this love that we have is compromised. Yep. Yeah. My desire and my intention and what I work on is so that I can create a love that is untouchable, mm-hmm. that is so clear and understood yeah. that like somebody else coming in, I'm good. Cool. Like mm. you said, How do we you, reshape this. I know <laughs> you, you said you wanted to get real, so I'm gonna get real with you. Please. And <laughs> 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 like, you know, I think in this lifestyle, you also find yourself at you know alternative in alternative situations whether those be sex parties threesomes foursomes 17 sums whatever 17 (laughs) (laughs) and there's been times where like i've been at you know one of these experiences and like my partner is with somebody else and like i'm sitting there feeling absolutely no sense of like this mother Mm. like i'm just like look how happy she is oh man that's that's the shit right there. And it's like, like you're, yeah, you're yeah. happy for someone else's joy. Like for man. real. And you know, like wow. some, you know, conservative dudes, man, oh, he's a cook. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, I don't really, I'm like, she's getting an orgasm and I don't have to do no work. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm so good. I got no problems. I'm like watching her in joy and Witnessing happiness. Her. You know, the, the girl that I'm dating right now, like <sighs> she is completely new to this lifestyle. Right, like I am her first introduction into the space, and we went to a sex party like a month or two ago, um, and I just got to witness her like notice her boundary and then push it a little bit, mm-hmm. and then notice she was like, "Oh, I'm actually into this," and I'm just sitting there doing almost nothing, and I'm like, "Oh my!" Like this was the highlight of the night, like just to witness somebody that I care about, somebody that I say mm-hmm. I love, I get to witness them exploring themselves, discovering mm-hmm. themselves, having mm-hmm. joy. I'm like what kind of secure person doesn't love that oh you know what it is amari i think of it like the same way and this is what's so interesting the same way you would think about a legit like like fucking best friend 
Yeah, right. Like there's like yo, know, you're proud of your friend. Your best friend tells you get laid. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're like, high school, oh, I'm like, like Marco, great. I got laid last night. Like, yo, yeah. bro, that's my, I love it. You know, like, <laughs> you're, not, you're not like like why wasn't I included? Like, I, right. and I think that comes down to a certain sense of security. Like if you're if you've created a world where this person is only allowed to have joy if it's coming mm-hmm. from you, right? Then you've you've made it all about you mm-hmm. and not about right, yes. not about having yeah. their having their experience and when when they can have the joy they can have their experience and realize that you are not the source of that it can simultaneously for people that are listening it might feel like oh well now you're going to lose them and it's like oh no no now actually if you all are still connecting as they are finding this center of their joy y'all gonna be together forever i tell i tell anna i'm just like I don't even know what would cause us to break up because I'm like, <laughs> you find some new guy attractive. I'm like, great. Cool, like right. I find a new girl attractive. I'm like, great. Like, like, I'm like, I don't, you know, at what, at what point would we decide to no longer create together? It really comes down to more practical things. Of like we no longer want to create the same kind of life together. Yeah. Right. Like, Oh, you know, I want to go, travel the world like in like literal like practical shit I want to travel the world mm. like every month and you want to stay in one place okay cool logistically like logistically just doesn't work logistically yeah it may not work so now we're adjusting our life but did did the love that I have for you the desire that I have exactly. for you did any of that change like not really not really like and, mm. that, and, it, and it is a thing the only way that it does change is because I have a conditional version of how I love I love you when you are receiving your joy through me? Mm-hmm. Or do I love you as an independent individual who is exploring what she wants to explore that may not have anything to do with me, but I just get to be a container of like support. Right? For like, hey, go explore what you want to explore. My, back to the idea of like watching your partner with somebody else or whatever. Yeah. Like my joy for your joy is bigger than my sadness or hurt that i wasn't involved yeah yeah my joy for your joy is so much more exponentially higher than my hurt that i wasn't there the one doing that mm-hmm. then that's like, like my perception it's like about me and it's like so that's nothing to do with me you had a great time fantastic tell me about it and that, yeah. so vocab word for you if you don't already have this one from your podcast compersion huh say it again so <laughs> that one it's called compersion it's when you feel joy for somebody else feeling joy for somebody else's love like so yeah you're you're feeling this energy it's like oh my gosh like I love that they are being loved that they are in another situation and you're on the outside that is the opposite entire opposite of jealousy and I think yeah. a yeah, lot literally. of people need like if you did the <laughs> self-work maybe people could get there you uh Marco have a child are you open yeah. with your child about uh your relationships Oh, well, I mean, he's one. Okay, fine. I mean, he has, he has witnessed like me being with other people, like while he's around. And I think, I mean, for him, he probably was just like, cool. I have so many moms. <laughs> like, <this is> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that I have, it's interesting because I have thought about that. Like as he gets older, um, you know, it's ironically, I've wondered like, oh man, is he going to be like, 
a hardcore monogamous because he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the opposite of what you guys, you know, like children go through those mm. rebel phases. Like yeah. you guys are so open and so free. I'm all about one person. Like it's so know. true. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that um the same in terms of what I would like for him to follow is like the same thing you said, like following what's true to him. Yeah. Right? So not, I'm not gonna be teaching him like here's how you become polyamorous. Son. It'll just be like so I'm like, you know, whatever you decide to do, like the world is your oyster. Like mm-hmm. you paint the picture for you see what daddy does. Like you see what mommy does. Like that's not a, a like, here's the template. Now you need to be like us, but just know that it's available to you. Mm, that's beautiful. If there's anyone out there who is in like a monogamous relationship um, but wants to p- perhaps consider like moving outwards, how would you suggest they go ahead having those conversations with their partner? I know you're going to feel the tension. I know you're going to feel the fear, the anxiety. Are they going to leave me? At some point, your own authenticity has to become a priority. Yeah. Mm. For people who are in a non-monogamous yeah. relationship already but are scared to come out to their family and their friends what Mm. advice would you give to them Mm. wow huh (laughs) what advice would i give to them for that (sighs) well i mean i I guess just really really the advice i would give is almost more of an intention um for you is like one part would just be still creating your own safety um, I think is still very important and valuable. So like, if you're in a situation where you're like, hey, like, here's what I'm deciding in life. Like, you're not obligated to go and share details of everything with all your family members or whatever, if that's not an intention and desire in your relationship with them, right? Now, but similar to what Amari said, if that if that is something that's a core thing that is pulling at you, then there's not really much more to do than like, you got to leap and you got to do it. And like, and, and, and in that leap, I think, what I've found whenever I've taken those leaps, I've taken those jumps, whatever the fear was that I had about the situation, the result of me sharing, the result of me releasing that burden was always a greater value, right? And that, and that may not mean that like those people will be accepting of you, but because you put it out, you are now accepting yourself. So you're, you're creating the space of authenticity. And I've, I've always said this, like authenticity creates authenticity. So when I am authentic with the people that I'm around, then their response, whether positive or negative, is an authentic response back to me about how they feel about me, how they feel about the situation I'm in. So now we can create something, right? Even if the thing we create is more distance while they're working through understanding what the fuck is this new fad you're on with your relationship? It's like... <laughs> But it's like, hey, I'm either I'm either living in that authenticity um, or I'm running away from it. Mm, okay. Well, thank you guys so much. Any final words that you wanted to share, Amari? I have a question for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> what time what? is it? <laughs> <laughs> Marco is flirting with a monogamous woman on a public podcast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Seen it here first, folks. Um, my question for you. I know you talk about all kinds of different things that people don't normally talk about. Why this topic? What made mm-hmm. you interested in uh, highlighting? Yeah. This? So I have a friend 
um, who I'm really close with and her and her husband have started swinging recently. Oh yeah. And I've, I've had a lot of my friends be like, Oh my God, like, it's so weird. And I was like, what? That's not like the reaction. Like I was expecting, I was expecting people to be quite woke about it because our friendship group is very woke. So it was shocked me (laughs) when everyone was like, what? And I was like, I don't know. It made me realize like, wow, even people who are, who I consider quite progressive on this one topic seem Mm -hmm. very close-minded. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's thousands of years of programming and a couple of decades of Disney movies. Yep. yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you do you uh, think do you think in like fifty years there'll be a Disney movie that's like polyamorous love? Oh my god. Oh yeah. And there yeah, will yeah. be tons of protests. Tons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. Okay, guys. Thanks for having, uh, well, actually having me on. Hi, thanks for coming on. (laughs) Such a breath of fresh air from the shit that we've been dealing with this past week. Like, I was like, oh, this is such a cool conversation. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, enjoy Mexico. Um, Have some tequila for me. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you, Jessica. You've been listening to I Can Relate. If you'd like to hear more of these episodes, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can do this on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or any other platform you're listening on. To become a part of the community, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Join me next time for another episode. Thanks for listening.